I remember being up, like I had been propelled upward into total darkness. Something made me keep my left shoulder close to my body, as if I did not want to touch whatever was there. I realized I was starting to fall and feared it was because I could not see my feet. Suddenly, I saw my feet almost waving up and down, and then I knew I would not fall. With that, I wondered where I was, what I was doing there, how I got there, where to go, and had a sense I was not supposed to be there wondering what would happen if I was found out. I then had a choice, go straight or turn to the left and go down a hallway. The brightest white light I have ever seen appeared in my right upper outer field of vision, the size of a baseball, and it drew me toward it. I decided to approach the light hoping to see where I was going. The light was getting bigger and changing positions until finally it was large and like a big circle before my eyes, as if I was in a tube or tunnel and this light was at the opening. At the same time, I saw myself walking up and inclined toward this opening or room, where the light was coming from. I remember wishing I had brought my sunglasses for I was sure the light would blind me, but it did not. Next I saw two people in the room of light, just beyond my reach. A man and a woman were holding hands. The man I recognized as my friend Jeff who had died two months prior, dressed in nothing but red shorts, his chest bare, and his hair long, collar slash shoulder length holding my hands as I stood before him in something white and sheer. Just then I entered the room of white and looked to my left. There was no scenery and this amazed me. As I turned toward the right I knew I would come face to face with the origin of the light and when I did I was not blinded by it. I was just so amazed. I could hear that Jeff was talking to me and I wanted to hear what he said and then I felt slash saw myself going into my body, the one in white, entering through the top of the head and entering like a wisp of smoke, like when the genie I dream of genie would go into her bottle. Just then I saw two hands in the sky, one coming down, Jeff's, and one going up, mine, and when we clasped our hands in an embrace I felt pure joy. As I turned to look at Jeff, the origin of the light was in front of me, like a sunburst with colors dispersed from the center white, and it was approaching me. I became fearful and tried to back up. I could not move. Then the light took shape, like the outline of a person in a robe with a hood, and the light touched me between my breasts. The light entered me and filled me to the point that it began to pour from me, and I threw my head back in ecstasy, knowing it, life, and all its questions was all so simple. It was just the little things. I felt a sense of being home, something I had searched for all my life, and a warmth and joy and understanding that I still cannot put into words. I had peace of mind just knowing. There were no more questions. Then I saw Jeff. He was talking to me, and I was telling him how long I had wanted to see him and wanted to tell him how much I loved him. He said, I know, and I was amazed that he could talk to me without moving his mouth. I then realized that all our communication was done without seeing our mouths move, and I wanted to be quiet to hear more. At this time it seemed like everything was happening at the exact same time, like space slash time was fragmented, and this was actually possible. When a woman's voice very loudly called, Dina, that's me. 
I turned to my left to see who was disturbing me and I said, I have to go. When I turned back to see my Jeffrey, all I saw was the sight of our two hands parting, his going up and mine going down. And I began to scream, no, 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 I don't want to go. It took so long to get there. I didn't want to go back. I was mad at myself for saying I have to go. With that my eyes opened and an oxygen mask was being put on my face. I recognized the voice of the woman who disturbed me as the nurse in front of my face telling me to breathe, but I wouldn't listen to her. My throat was clogged by sputum, and I didn't want to cough it up. I wanted to go back to where I had just been. This place, the recovery room, was cold. I was cold, shivering, and in pain. I just wanted to take off the oxygen mask but could not move. Not a muscle, not a finger, not an eyelash. And then a voice in my head said cough. No, I said, and I remember shaking my head no. Cough the voice said, cough it out. And I tried. The first time it didn't work. The voice shouted cough. And as I did, my airway cleared. The nurse told me to keep breathing and keep my eyes open this time. I had an oxygen sensor, pulse oximetry, on my finger, and I remember rubbing it off. I tried to kick over my IV. I refused to cooperate with that nurse who had yanked me back from wherever I was with Jeff. I demanded to see my husband. I was crying. I was shaking. I hurt so bad. Like I had taken a kick to the place between my breasts where the white light had entered me. I told my husband what happened between sobs and he tried to tell me it was a dream. I suddenly thought people would think I was crazy and stopped talking about it to anyone in the ER. When the nurse had asked why I was crying and I told her she just walked away from me. The witch. Such sympathy, such empathy, I still hate her. Anyway, after a prolonged recovery room stay, they finally let me go home. My stay was prolonged because I refused to cooperate and urinate for the witch nurse. I wouldn't drink. I wouldn't walk. And then for a month I cried and cried and cried. I still cry. Talking about this with you makes me cry. I miss that feeling of peace and happiness and joy. I did finally seek out a counselor, but I only saw her once. She just happened to be a major in metaphysical studies. How about that? And she assured me that I had indeed had a near-death experience. She said she could not help me if I wanted to continue telling myself it was just a dream. Somehow, just hearing someone confirm to me that I was not crazy made me feel somewhat better, and for the first time I started to think of my experience as a gift. Ten years later, I'm not sure what to call my experience anymore. My psychic abilities are to some extent stronger than they were before, but now they seem to be centered on death and dying people, as if I'm drawn to them. Part of me wants to let them know that there's nothing to be afraid of, but the other part quiets my mouth not wanting to push them over to the other side before they're ready if you can understand what I mean. So usually, I end up doing nothing except knowing that the person is dying because I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this information. One thing, before I end this, upon waking in the recovery room, I had the most profound sense of warmth in my right hand, the one that Jeff held and at times I have had the feeling that the touch from my right hand can produce good effects, i.e., take away pain in particular. 
I have done this mostly with my arthritic dog and quietly with my mother after her stroke. I don't tell people what I'm doing. They might think I'm crazy. At least that's what I fear. But I must tell you, I feel very uneasy being drawn to dying people as I am not exactly sure what I am supposed to do. Like I'm supposed to do something. And I just don't know what.